It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, all things A&M coverage, and guys, it's a very special Monday episode because... Usually, what we do on this show is we like to talk about the positives, the negatives, and the rest of the SEC. Well, this week, we're going to be talking about the rest of the SEC because there was a big shakeup inside of the top 25 up at the very top level. We're going to be talking about the positives about Texas A&M this past week against Mississippi State. But the one thing we're not going to be talking about is the negatives because the reality is... There aren't that many to talk about. There's maybe two or three at best that will glimmer over. But besides that, this was the most complete game Texas A&M has played all season long. And you have to just be so impressed with the way the offense came together at College Station, up at Kyle Field. Kellen Mond once again delivers. Isaiah Spiller showing what he can do on the ground. All the receivers making big plays in the open field. Special teams playing great. Defense collecting three total turnovers. What a game. What a game for Texas A&M as they get ready to take on UTSA this week before heading into the bye week. If they can continue this type of success or somewhere in that marginal range, they will likely be 6-3 and three coming in after their bye week against South Carolina before they close out the season against Georgia and against LSU. Before we go any further, let's get some housekeeping things out of the way. Make sure you're following us on Locked On Aggies at Locked On Aggies on social media. Make sure you're also checking out all of our great content at Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven. That's si.com slash T-A-M-U. And if you want to follow me to ever get asked questions about Texas A&M, get a part of the Locked On Aggies Ask an Aggies Friday, make sure you're following me at Mr. Cole Thompson. That's at Mr. Cole Thompson at Aggies SI at Locked On Aggies si.com slash t-a-m-u and always check out all of our great podcasting over on the locked on podcast network it was an early kickoff up in college station 11 o'clock kick as texas a&m looked to continue their winning ways against the schools from the magnolia state as mississippi state rolled into town and while the first drive did not go the way a&m planned it somewhat rebounded and it kind of went the exact same way for Mississippi State. And from there, it was all the Kellen Mond show. Kellen Mond rushes for a one-yard touchdown on a five-play, 51-yard drive to set the Aggies up 7-0. He would rebound on the very next drive with a 12-yard touchdown run to give the team a 14-0 lead. During the second quarter, Mond would rush towards the end zone and he would get a what we would call a questionable hit, but unfortunately due to an unsportsmanlike conduct from Colin Prater. The Aggies would begin the drive on the 19-yard line, and it really wouldn't matter after that because Jamon Osmond would find a way to break open in the back of the end zone, catching a 19-yard touchdown pass from Kellen Mond to give the Aggies a 21-7 lead. That would be followed up right before the middle of the second quarter with a 16-yard touchdown catch by Kendrick Rogers, who used brute strength. I mean, he had four defenders trying to bring him down, and... There was a questionable call because they said that maybe his backhand touched the ground, making him a down receiver by contact. Instead, it goes the other way, 28-7 for the Aggies. It would end up being 28-10, following a Jace Christianman 33-yard field goal right at halftime. But Aggies come out strong in the second quarter. 
Jalen Weidemeyer, 52-yard touchdown catch to extend the lead 35-10. But here come the Bulldogs. Isaiah Zuber, 14-yard touchdown catch from Garrett Schrader. That would make it 17-35. But Isaiah Spiller finishing the charge with 1 minute and 17 seconds left. He finished with over 78 yards on the ground, 90 total yards on the ground, 4-yard touchdown run to give the Aggies a 42-17 lead. But Bulldogs not going down without a fight. Kylan Hill dominating in the trenches, rushes for a one-yard touchdown to make it 24-42. Then Cordarian Richardson sealed the deal for AM, making sure they'd walk away with the victory with a two-yard touchdown run going up 49-24. And though Isaiah Zuber caught a 30-yard, 38-yard touchdown pass from Schrader with the two-point conversion failing, it wasn't enough as there was only 49 seconds left on the clock. AM gets the 49-30 victory over the Bulldogs, they improved to 5-3 and three on the year. Several other key factors that went into this game is that the Aggies' defense once again was able to make big-time plays in the middle of the open field. During the first quarter, Schrader would look to the air to try and force an incomplete pass on 3rd and 10. That would be intercepted by freshman Devin Morris, who continues to make plays, especially in the injured secondary. On four drives later, you would have Damani Richardson, freshman safety, who's been the probable best overall freshman product forces a fumble recovered by Debony Renfro to give the Aggies another lead that would end up leading to the Kendrick Rogers score right before uh, the middle of the second quarter and then in the late of the game in the third quarter Garrett Trader completed a pass to Stafford Gidry for 25 yards that would be another forced fumble by Miles Jones in the secondary Keldrick Carper would recover that one that would lead to the Cordarian Richardson two-yard touchdown run to give the Aggies the final blow with the 49-24 lead. The one thing that we're going to talk a lot about, and we'll go into this segment later on, especially because if he is probably going to be the focal point of the rest of the show, is Kellen Mond and what he was able to do on the ground, and something that I've noticed about him when he plays at College Station and when he plays away. So let's start off with some of the bigger storylines. Freshman talent, once again, doing their job, making up for the injured players. You had a lot of good talent on that field, making big-time plays. Jalen Weidemeyer continues to impress as that starting tight end. Coach Fisher said after the game, he's so excited to be able to have a double tight formation set up with Weidemeyer and Baylor Cup, the other freshman tight end who was actually projected to start the season, who was hurt at the very beginning of fall camp went under surgery, will not play this year. And Isaiah Spiller, once again, we talked about all last week, consistency, 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 whatever that is. Well, once again, he did it. 90 total care, ninety total yards, one touchdown run, guy was consistent on the ground, 4.6 yards per carry. You can't ask more of that from your running back than what he's doing right now. If he can continue to do this to match up with the offensive production, what a storyline to follow with that. Damani Richardson, once again, making big-time plays in the open field. Forced a fumble. That would lead to an AM touchdown. So a defensive turnover leads to positive reinforcement for the Aggies' offense. How can you not enjoy that statement? Also, you had Kenyon Green, once again, dominating in the trenches. He looked like the best offensive lineman out there. He's going to be a part of the long-term plan AM's future is in bright hands with these guys running the helm. And we didn't even get to see guys like Anaya Smith outside of the secondary and outside of the return game, putt returns, kick returns. We didn't really see him do that either. So when you look at all that, that's a huge production. But it's also nice to see the younger talent, such as Cordarian Richardson, who doesn't get a lot of carries, also make plays. He had a two-yard touchdown run. The sophomore was able to produce on the ground when given the opportunity. Everyone was getting involved in this game. 
And when you're able to get everyone involved in a game, those are things that when you look at moving forward, that could be the reason you succeed. That could be the reason you're a team to watch for in the future. That could be a reason you are the next big-time threat for the SEC. Because eventually, we're going to see Alabama struggle. We're going to see them fall out. Now it's going to be who wants to take over that crown. And A&M's future right now is looking like they could be that team. But the whole reason that their future was so good and the reason that their future is going to be productive is because of the present, and that's with a guy named Kellen Mond who continues to be impressive when he plays at College Station. The numbers don't lie. And we're going to talk about that numbers in just a quick second. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction is not an easy task to do. Usually we just brush it off or blame it on ourselves saying, I've lost my mojo or I'm just not feeling it tonight or whatever excuse you like to use. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with a free two-day shipping option. The whole process is straightforward and discreet, so get started real fast by going to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now with Roman, there's an answer for everything. So make sure you go check it out at GetRoman.com locked to get a free online checkup today. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat. Hey, guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI, and you can also check out all of our great content at LockedOnPodcast.com or at SI.com slash T-A-M-U. For all your A&M coverage, all 24-7 year-round, we don't just do football, we do basketball, we do baseball, we do it all because we want to give you, the Gigam Nation, exactly what you want. Now, a guy who gave you exactly what you want on Saturday... That would be quarterback Kellen Mond. What a dominant performance from this guy. I, I remember going on Twitter after the game and I was looking up as I was writing down some of these stories, some of the thoughts of what people were saying on Kellen Mond. And Peter Burns of SEC Network said, this was the most complete game I've ever seen from this young man. And if he can continue to do this, the Aggies are in good hands. Which to me means multiple things. And the biggest takeaway I can go from this game alone is Kellen Mond is a different type of player when he's at home. And you know what? Some players are just that way. Some players are just better when they have the home crowd behind them. They have the support of the fan base. They have everyone cheering them on. They don't handle pressure with the boos. They don't handle pressure on the road as well. And Mond even admitted to that. He said that he's thankful for in moments like these where it's an 11-man game where if one person struggles, the rest of the team can pick him up. And we all like that because he's admitting to his own faults. And one of the biggest faults is his road trips. But when he's in College Station at Kyle Field, I think you can argue that he's one of the better, if not right behind maybe Tua Tagovailoa, as the best home quarterback In the SEC. Because overall, he's played phenomenal at home. I mean, yesterday, he finished with 234 passing yards, three uh, three touchdowns, 78 rushing yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. The biggest surprise of all, no turnovers. No turnovers once again. And this isn't just something that, you know, we've seen. He's been on the road and he's had consistent turnovers. He had two in Clemson. He had... 
I believe just one, maybe two, could you include the Isaiah Spiller handoff in Arlington against Arkansas. He had two interceptions at Ole Miss. On the road, he has struggled to get any type of consistency. But when you look at home, numbers don't lie. He has a 65.7% completion rating. He's thrown for over 1,300 yards. He has 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, and the offensive line is protecting him better. He's been sacked 18 times this year. 10 of them have been on the road. Eight have been at home. That's not saying that, you know, there's not room for improvement there. But everyone just seems to be better at Kyle Field. There wasn't a hole on that offense yesterday. Yeah, you could argue that because they had a couple three and out drives. I think it was a total of two. Maybe it was three. Maybe one of those punts that they had with Braden Mann was a four uh, four play drive. But overall, two three and outs and one was on the opening drive. I mean, that's not bad. Because after that, mom was consistent. Touchdown, touchdown. They punted. Touchdown, touchdown. Halftime, touchdown. Another punt. Touchdown. The offense has consistently moved the ball. And yeah, the defense allowed players to make plays. But at the same time, it was a couple breakaway plays. And then it was punts or interceptions or turnovers by this defense. Everyone in A&M just seems to play better when they have the home crowd behind them. And that's a good thing to build on your success. Because this A&M team is trying to show the college football playoff committee, who's probably going to help decide the New Year's Six, that if they finish off strong, 9-3, and three, maybe they are one of the at-large at-bids ceremonies who can make it into that New Year's Six range. Maybe they go to the Fiesta Bowl, maybe they go to... Uh, the Orange Bowl, maybe they go Maybe they go somewhere else. Maybe they can just be that guy. But the problem is, is that Mond has struggled on the road. And when Mond struggles on the road, the rest of the offense struggles on the road, especially in the passing game. For the season, he's gone for 659 yards. He has a 60% completion rating, five touchdowns, four interceptions, been sacked 10 times. He's only averaging 3.2 rushes, yards per carry, when he's rushing the ball. It's the enigma of Kellen Mond that I wonder, what is he? Because there's so many moments where you see him flash, especially in College Station, where he is just dominant on the ground. He is consistently moving the ball downfield. He is showing that he can be that quarterback that everyone knows he can And then he leaves College Station, they go on a road trip, and then we have to wonder, okay, how bad is it going to be this game? Who is going to step up because we're not sure that Kellen can do it? That's the only downfall I have on Kellen Mond right now. I remember a couple weeks ago I said on the show that Kellen is the reason why A&M is winning. And on Saturday, that was kind of proven. Because the defense allowed still 30 points. Kellen scored five of those seven touchdowns. The score would have been 30-14 to 14 without Kellen Mond. Maybe if Zach Calzada came in, maybe it would have been a little closer. Maybe, maybe they still would have won. But Mond accumulated five of those scores. Two on the ground, three in the air. You do that, you're the reason you win. 
He is the reason they won that game. Plain and simple. There's no other way to deny it. You can't hate the fact that Kellen Bond, even though he struggled on the road, even though he hasn't been perfect this season, and he hasn't maybe lived up to all the expectations from a year ago, he's the reason they're 5-3. and three. He's the reason they're not near the bottom of the SEC. And he's probably going to be the reason why this team is successful going into the final month of the season. They still have four more games to play with UTSA, South Carolina, Georgia, and LSU. And if they can go 3-1 and one or even 4-0 and oh during that span, A&M is going to make a very good case on being the best 9-3 team in the country and potentially one of those at-large teams for New Year's Six Bowl. But I really want to see what he's going to do against Georgia in a couple weeks because if he can beat Georgia on the road, I think that could give him the confidence he's going to need to go ahead into Death Valley and beat the Tigers. Speaking of the Tigers, they just found out that they are now going to be actually the contenders in just a few weeks when they take on the Alabama Crimson Tide up in Bryant-Denny Stadium after their big-time top 10 win over Auburn. Meanwhile, Alabama was also able to seal victory at home before their upcoming bye week, and a few more SEC teams made their mark. We're going to be talking about in just a few minutes the new AP standings and how the rest of the SEC did this past week on State of the SEC. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat. And guys, usually we do this at the beginning of the show, but we're going to move it to the back of the show from now on. It's the state of the SEC. Where we talk about how the rest of the SEC performed this past week, what they looked like, and how they were able to continue their success or where there could be holes moving forward. We already talked about Texas A&M, so why don't we move on to another game. Let's start off in Neyland Stadium with South Carolina taking on the Tennessee Volunteers. Everyone really thought that this was going to be a game where South Carolina would run away with it. That wasn't the case at all. In fact, that was the furthest thing from it. The Gamecocks started off fast with Ryan Holinsky throwing a 75-yard touchdown pass to Shee Smith. That would be matched up by a Brett Samigla 46-yard field goal at the end of the first quarter to make it 7-3 in favor of the Gamecocks. But you can't ever count on the Volunteers. Marquez Callaway with the 65-yard punt return right at the beginning of the second quarter. That would later be met up by a Mon Dixon one-yard touchdown run to re-give the lead to South Carolina. Jawan Jennings with a 48-yard touchdown pass from Jared Guantanamo to give the team a now 17-14 lead. But Tavion Frazier made it interesting at halftime with the Gamecocks leading 21-17. After that, Jawan Jennings once again being the big-time player, Guantamo hitting him for a 19-yard touchdown pass to give them a 24-21 lead. Marquez Callaway would go ahead and finish with a 56-yard touchdown catch from JT Shrout. And with 11 minutes and 41 seconds left, Daniel Bitui would return a block punt 29 yards to finish it off. Tennessee gets the much-needed SEC win, 21-41. They now move to 3-5 and five on the year, 2-3 and three in the SEC. South Carolina drops to 3-5. and five. They're now 2-4 and four in conference play. Headed on over to Tuscaloosa, where the Alabama Crimson Tide would be without Tua Tunga-Vailoa, but at the same time, did it really matter? Because Arkansas has struggled all season. 
right from the get-go, it was a bloodbath. Henry Ruggs with a 14-yard touchdown catch from Mac Jones to make it 10 to nothing in the first quarter, followed by a Jerry Judy 14-yard touchdown pass to finish up with 34 seconds, making it 17 to nothing. Then, you know what? It just continued. Najee Harris, one-yard touchdown run to make it 24 to nothing. Najee Harris again, another one-yard touchdown run to 31 to nothing. And while we just finish this up, Jerry Judy with a 40-yard touchdown catch and Trayvon Diggs with an 84-yard touchdown reception, 48 to nothing before the fourth quarter. Finally, John Stephen Jones would come in. Yep, that's the exact same John Stephen Jones you're thinking of. That is Jerry Jones' grandson. 14.52 left in the game. He'd hit Cheyenne O'Grady for an eight-yard touchdown pass. Crimson Tide get the 48-7 victory heading into their bye week. They will face LSU in the game of the year in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Number one versus number two. But who is number one and who is number two, you ask? Well, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But before we do... We- We got to head over to Lexington, Kentucky in Kroger Field where the Kentucky Wildcats were taking on the Missouri Tigers. And while Missouri looked to be a team to be competitive this season, it was all Kentucky all day. Lynn Bowden Jr. once again being the do-it-all type of player. 21 attempts for 204 yards, averaging 9.7 yards per run, scoring a pair of touchdowns. The running back system would score four total touchdowns, picking up their 29-7 victory. They move to a perfect 4-4, 2-4 in the SEC. Missouri drops their second straight game while being favored. They're now 2-2 in SEC play. Finally, the game that everyone's going to be talking about for a while, LSU versus Auburn, with a chance to possibly become the first team this season to defeat three top 10 teams. LSU, they did not disappoint. Auburn would get the early lead off of a 30-yard field goal from Anders Carlson, but Terrence Marshall Jr. would catch a 20-yard touchdown pass from Joe Burrow. Right now, probably the current Heisman favorite, making it 7-3 LSU. Bo Nix, though, coming back with a one-yard touchdown run to retake the lead at 10-7. Cade York would make it a tie game with a 20-yard field goal right before halftime. But here come the Auburn Tigers first. Anders Carlson, once again, 23-yard field goal to make it 13-10. Then you have Clyde Edwards-Harris with a 6-yard touchdown run, who would then miss the extra point by Cade York, 16-13 LSU. Joe Burrow putting the team on his back one last time. 7-yard touchdown run. Cade York makes the kick, 23-13, but you can't sleep on Auburn. 5-yard touchdown pass from Seth Williams with 2.32 left of the game. 23-20 in favor of LSU. Bo Nix and the Tigers could not get the onside. LSU holds on to win 23-20. Bo Nix finishing with 157 passing yards, 1 touchdown, 1 interception. Joe Burrow, 32-42 of for 321 yards, 1 touchdown. Biggest surprise of the day. But 2 rushing touchdowns seal the deal. Now, the AP poll with LSU and their third top 10 victory of the season jumps Alabama to become the number one team in the country. They will now be number one unless some miracle happens where Clemson or Ohio State dominates this upcoming week. They will be number one against a number two Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium when the two match up against each other on November 9th. This is the must-see television game. And for all Aggie fans out there, guess what? You don't need to put a dog in this fight. You can just enjoy a nice, relaxing day, 2.30 kickoff of college football because the Aggies 
will be on a bye week. This is their final week before their second bye as they take on the UTSA Roadrunners. And we have a ton to talk about there. On tomorrow's show, though, we will be recapping what Coach Fisher said at Monday's press conference. We'll be talking about exactly what went right, what went wrong for the Aggies in his opinion and where to look forward to against UTSA. We also have a very special guest. A friend of mine will be joining the show. She actually covers UTSA for a living up in San Antonio, so it'll be nice to talk to her, get an inside perspective of what you can expect against the Roadrunners. The last time UTSA came to College Station in 2016, outside of an incredible Josh Stewart catch from the Roadrunners, it was all day A&M. They won 23-10. We will see you tomorrow, breaking down all things from Coach Fisher. Remember to make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI, at Mr. Cole Thompson, and you can always check out all of our great work at si.com slash TAMU, and check out all of our great podcasting at LockedOnPodcast.com. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, and remember, gig'em y'all, this has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.